talk about dress code and modesty. I'm joined by our special guest, Danny. Danny was my friend from high school, and she has agreed to come on the show and share her story with us. Sadly, my co-host Alex is in the middle of a thunderstorm, and she has no power, so she won't be able to join us today, but I'm super excited to welcome Danny, and I know you guys are going to love her story, so yay! Welcome to the show, Danny! Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited when you messaged me and told me you were doing this, because this is, I say it's right up my alley, but I've never done a podcast before, so we'll, we'll see. We'll find out, but... No. Well, Super this excited. is only episode four, so we're pretty much on equal playing ground, and I have never done an episode without Alex, so we're kind of figuring this out together, but hopefully it's going to be really fun. Yes, bear with us, everyone. Alex, we miss you. Yes, we miss you. <laughs> we hope that you get power back. Um, so, quick introduction. Um, like I said before, Danny and I met in high school. Danny is, how much younger are you than me? One year? I- I think one year, because I'm think pretty sure. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you graduated with my brother, who's one year older than me, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think I did. Did, did I? No, I did. I did because your dad said a prayer, and I remember oh, the yeah. prayer was that we would be fruitful and multiply. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so that was your brother. I'm sorry. I remembered the prayer more than the, the fact that I graduated with your brother, but. I remember because my aunt took me aside after and she was like, I know they prayed that you'd be fruitful and multiply, but you don't have to do that yet. And I was like, okay. We love a self-aware aunt. Wow. We do. We do. She's awesome. Anyways, so I guess our background is that, you know, we knew each other through our homeschool covering, which was kind of unique for the time because it was a hybrid and now that COVID has happened, everyone knows what hybrid means, no. which is great because I don't have to re-explain it every time. <laughs> but basically, we had classes that took place at a church, but it was set up like a school. Our school, I'm not going to say the name, but it was blank Christian Academy. <laughs> so Woo! it actually, we had like a school name and a yearbook and a student council and all that, but it was still very small. And we did our homework on the other days. And there were some people who didn't take classes at the school at all. And some people who took all their classes at the school. And I guess I was kind of in between because I did some classes at the school and some at home. And I think you were too, right? Yeah, I I was, we did, I think I took like three classes a semester maybe at school, at school and then did the rest at home. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Right. But the best class of all was drama oh I was like if she says student council I'm gonna throw hands (laughs) (laughs) no no I was on student council with you yeah I was on it multiple years I know one year I was like secretary but I think the next year you were secretary I don't remember I feel like most of those titles were placeholders because all that really mattered was like president 
yes. and like vice president and i'm yes, pretty sure girl. those were always boys like i'm pretty sure like and i could be wrong and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure every year i was on student council a male was given the title of president which was uh yeah. very yep. telling at the time but i was secretary yeah. and you were secretary Woo! like good keepers at home should but be, we so. We like planned the best stuff though. I have we to did. say I, I agree. I felt like we did a pretty good job. We did I that mean, black we did light a party. Dang good job with the black light party I know, and I the back to awesome. school. Yes. Were you at the gladiators versus terminators party or was that just me? That was my freshman year. So you would have been oh, in no. eighth so, grade. Yeah, so I would have been in eighth grade. So I think I started um at the school when I was in eighth grade so the first year okay. i was there i didn't take you laid low yeah i didn't know where, where we were going so uh i didn't start like until like high school in like the classes and stuff yeah so what was the gladi gladiators and terminators party i don't remember except that we were playing capture the flag and we had to like divide ourselves this was pre nightmare headmaster um this was oh, before him because it was my freshman year and so we had to divide ourselves into two teams and pick a team name and one team was like we're the gladiators and the other team was like we're classic. the terminators also and a classic we had to come up with the team cheer slash chant oh. like on the spot and we had, oh, I want to say this person's name, Serbert, but I can't because I don't want to give her name away. But she is brilliant and an amazing artist and and has curly hair. And maybe you know who I'm talking about, curly brown hair. And she's my age. I'm and, trying. Oh, I think oh, I, I do. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to just Facebook message you her name because otherwise it's going to be like, once I say her name, you'll be like, oh, yeah. So... She came up, yes, yes, oh my gosh, yes, Danny. Danny just wrote this girl's name down on a piece of paper and showed it to me, and we are, like, on the same wavelength right now. So, anyway, she came up with a cheer for our team, and it was, like, it was, like, an echo, like, call and response vibe, and, it, like, she had this, like, masculine voice. I mean, she actually didn't in real life, but she was, like, using a masculine voice. She was, like, gladiators in the night, and everybody was, like, outside the school with, like, war paint, and we were, like, gladiators in the night, gladiators, fight, fight, fight. And I have to say, you can say all you want about homeschoolers and how socially awkward we are, but we throw some dang good shindigs. I mean, I yeah, I'm pretty sure we did that. We did the black light party. What else did we do? Did we have a line I mean, dance party? We did. We did formal, but let's be real. Like all the restrictions okay. with formal made it kind of okay. suck. Okay. I don't even think I put my experience with formal in my notes no i don't think i did oh, that girl. was a whole nother thing well i touched on it briefly <laughs> in the last episode but yes formal and the joys of formal anyway back to what we're actually talking about so squirrel, sorry squirrel. <laughs> no no this is like what makes excellent podcasting so basically i have asked annie to come on this episode i shared a couple of modesty stories in the last episode, the purity culture episode, 
And these are really, they were not really my stories. They were stories when I was saying, oh, and there was a girl who, <laughs> and that girl was Danny. Hey! So I was like, let's have Danny on an episode. Let's have her tell her own stories, her own experiences. And so, Danny, I just want to open up the floor and you can start wherever you want to and share as much or as little as you want. So it's all oh, thank yours. Thank you. That's a dangerous uh it's a dangerous ask because my husband says I'm a chronic oversharer. Um, so oh <laughs> me, too. me too. He's like, you got to dial it back. Podcast. People back. love oversharers. <laughs> I say that I'm mysterious and like hard to read and you really have to get to know me. But in reality, like if you sit in like the break room at work with me for like 10 minutes, you'll probably know everything my entire, like everything that's ever happened to me my entire life. So. Oh, yes. Same, same. Um, it's a, but, um, so I actually, just for background, I went to private school, like first, like, so when I was in elementary school, I went to private school. And then when I was in fourth grade, I went to public school for, what for, I know I was one of those. I was, a, <gasps> I was a public school kid. Okay. I so didn't like, know this. Yeah. Okay. The truth comes out. <laughs> So, yes, I went to public school for fourth, fifth, part of sixth grade, I think. It's a blur. But um, I was eventually brought home to be homeschooled for the remainder of, like, seventh through graduation. So, um, so because I went to public school, you can probably guess that my parents weren't, like, the strictest when it came to um, modesty. Like, obviously, it was always, like, a... We always wore skirts to church because that was right. what that's the right thing to that's do. That's the right thing to do. And I think honestly, the most commonly used word in my my upbringing was ladylike. Like you need to act ladylike. We have to be ladylike. You need to wear tights because it's ladylike, and you wear skirts because it's ladylike at church. Um, so they were, um, as far as that went, we were like I wasn't allowed to like walk around and heaven help me like a tube top or some such <laughs> nonsense like that. But um, like I said, they weren't the strictest and I didn't realize this until I started going to school, the school. Um, and that's when I encountered what probably most people think of like the stereotypical homeschooler, you know, like the floral link denim skirts and the long hair and, like the the button up shirts that like button all the way up. Um, yes. So girl. we we definitely weren't that. We were somewhere in uh, the middle, I should say, because it definitely wasn't as extreme as some people that I knew. Um, but I felt like it was extreme because I also still had friends from public school at the time that I mm -hmm. hung out with and interacted with a lot. And so, like, for instance. Uh, my parents were very against any sort of like fitted pants. <gasps> do you so, remember the advent of leggings? Do you mean Satan's pants? <laughs> yes, I remember the first time. Weirdly, the first time I heard about them was at school, and this girl who was like very cutesy and like put together and a cheerleader. Yes, we had homeschool cheerleaders. Like yes. Um, Yes, she was talking to someone else about them, and 
she started trying to describe them to me and I couldn't understand it. And she was like, well, they're really tight pants. They're like a cross <gasps> between, between like pants and pantyhose. And I remember thinking, well, that sounds terrible. Why would anyone ever <laughs> wear that? Like, they're so cute, but my mom is never going to let me wear them. Anyway, that made me think of that. So side note. Weirdly, I remember the first time I learned about leggings was our school. <laughs> no, no, I I definitely remember like when they came out like yes. Like on Facebook, even like back then on Facebook people were like yoga pants or encouraging your brother in Christ to stumble. That was another like hot phrase was the yes. causing your brother in Christ to stumble. Uh yeah. So my parents definitely were big on the no fitted pants. I remember whenever we went to the store to buy clothes, my mom would like make me buy probably like one to two sizes bigger than like what I actually wore so they wouldn't be tight like it was like the cardinal sin to have tight pants I I don't know like it just was even I feel like they focused more on that than they did like my neckline I mean I mainly wore t-shirts so it probably wasn't a problem but I do remember like every time I went to the store I would try and like sneak a more normal size of pants and I try them on the dressing room and I'm like oh I feel like I look so cute and then I would walk out and my mom would be like no like immediately no no way and I remember thinking at the time like I'm not showing skin and it's not like these fit I feel like these fit so I remember that was kind of a struggle because I was in probably eight like junior high high school that's what Again, my public school friends were wearing, and I always felt kind of frumpy, I guess, because, like, they look cute. And I'm like, I look like I dug through a stack of my mom's clothes, and I always had to wear a belt because my pants didn't fit. But at least, you know, they were tight. Wow. But, yeah. I remember in chapel one day at school, I don't remember if it was which teacher or person in charge it was, but I remember sitting there and I was sitting between two of like my male classmates and they said the phrase tight pants make the boys go crazy. And and I remember sitting there and being like, what? Right. Okay. And I was talking to my male classmates after that chapel and I was like, so, haha, do tight pants make you go crazy? And they were like, we, we didn't really even think about it. Which, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, they could have been lying, but for the most part, they seemed like they hadn't really, it wasn't as much of a problem as we were being led to believe. I was just going to say, I think that's the case with a lot of these things. Like, things were really emphasized and blown extremely out of proportion extremely out of proportion because like with the pants I mean that I remember my parents didn't make me buy pants that were too big but they always wanted to look at how the pants fit in my butt to make sure that like you can't (laughs) see any panty lines or you can't you know because like God forbid someone realize you're actually wearing panties under there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's good to know you're wearing panties, but hygiene. Hygiene. <laughs> did you have to do like, it, this is something I had to do, but 
when we would get back from the store with my clothes, I would have to try them all on for my dad. And he would like say yay or nay, like if they were okay or not. Like, did you Are have to you do that? kidding me right now? Okay. No, I did not okay. have to do that. My dad, generally, my mom did not want my dad to know we had spent any money. And most of my okay. clothes were hanging out anyway. But like, he, she was, no, no. So, okay. Did your brothers do this or was no. this just for girls? No, no. This was, no. Of course, the boys could go and they're like, oh, those pants look like they'll fit and they magically fit and they were fine. Like they threw on a t-shirt and some cargo pants and knock yourself out. Um, but yeah, no, I remember like always having to try on my clothes and like walk in front of my dad and like turn around so he could see make sure I wasn't out there seducing the masses, you know, Holy with my braces and <laughs> moly. Okay. I have never, I, I did not realize you had to do this or that anyone had to do this. And I mean, I went to school with you, but I guess that's not what you wanted to talk about then. Like, Hey, no a fashion show for your dad so that he can tell you whether something is appropriate or not. Yeah. And that's why, and the thing was, like, I don't want my parents to come across as, like, psycho. Because, they, like I said, right. they definitely weren't, especially compared to, like, some other people that I went to school with. Like, it was kind of, like, any sort of form. Like, if your shirt, like, t-shirt had to be, like, gigantic. And, like, they had to wear... I remember, like, camis were, like, the saving grace of everything when we were in high school like you did not go out of the house without a cami on unless you were wearing like a turtleneck or something like you just had one on because I don't know but yeah that was a it was a big thing um and my dad wasn't ever like weird about it and he very rarely was like I think my mom was more like I don't know who knows I don't know I didn't know what was going on at the time (laughs) I'm still not sure what was going on. But do you feel like your mom wanted like that validation from your dad to feel like they were on the same team and that's why she was doing it? Maybe I will say they like I know no parents are perfect, but my parents were very good at like being on the same team. Like if mom said no, that was no. Like and so I think by the time it got time to do fashion shows for my dad like he knew that my mom wasn't gonna try and like help me get away with something like oh yeah because she was more like you know on it as far as like the modesty modesty thing went they gave me a book called modest is hottest or it was <gasps> I, don't I know had that was. this book oh. yes did you have the book um secret keeper yes no i did have that one yes i could not remember the name of that because i was trying to because i knew there was another one and i could not for the life of me remember what it was called because it talked about how when you dress modestly you have this kind of power and i'm like what (laughs) okay the book started, I don't, I mean, I haven't read this in like 15 years, so don't directly quote me on this, but I love how the book started with a picture of a naked statue. A naked statue? Yes! yes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and she was like using one arm to cover her oh, nipples. Yes. 
and like one arm to cover her crotch. I remember this. Oh my goodness, because that was the most skin I had seen in media ever. Same, and I remember thinking, like, I can't believe my mom got me this book with this naked woman, and this is like a Christian book. And they said they're like this mannequin or this statue is being modest even though she's not wearing clothes and that was really confusing to me because i'm like so wait if wait, I... wasn't she like a sex slave or yeah, something she like or a, she... Yeah, she but she was being as modest as she could at the time i think and that was like right like she wasn't given clothes so like her standing like this meant that she was modest at heart and i was like the crap is going on right now because no oh my goodness dude i remember i i can see it in my brain it was i I, dude okay i'm so glad someone else read that book oh my gosh i'm like completely crying i'm laughing so hard and like i'm crying because it's funny but also because i'm just like so glad somebody else relates to this i thought i was at home by myself in a bubble of like reading these books oh my goodness do you think our parents went to like a conference i don't know somewhere in like all had the same freaking thing yeah like like I feel like, because, like, we would not, there wouldn't be rules, and then I feel like they would talk to some of their friends, and they would come home, and they're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. And I'm like, okay, who told you that they do that? Because we weren't doing that. Yes. Yes. Had the Secret Keeper book. Oh, my goodness. I think I read it in eighth grade, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think it might not have been that book, but I think that might have been the book that was like dressing modesty is like helping and like behaving modesty is like protecting you know your virginity and like your virginity is a is like a white box tied up in a satin bow that you give to your husband on your wedding day and if you take that box and give it to someone who's not your husband they touch it with their dirty hands and then you have a open gross box to give to your husband and that's embarrassing and you don't want that do you that was totally that book or oh. we read another book that's the same book which like both are distinct possibilities oh I, and see and i know this isn't like a purity culture episode i know you already did that one but i i feel oh, like they're so that because like it's all interconnected yeah i definitely feel like they're so intertwined and i feel like and I, I know this, I'm not saying this was my parents' intent, but I, I kind of grew up feeling like you're supposed to cover your body and be, like, not share it with the world because it's a gift to your future husband. Like, but the thought that maybe I might not get married or that might not be what I wanted or the plan for my life was not an option. It was your body is a gift for your husband. Don't show it to right. anyone or you're, like, less than maybe or like that was the bit like that was the most important thing about me as like a woman and right that was very frustrating because I felt like especially at school like they were so hardcore about dress code and I think I put this in my notes maybe um I remember the rule was you could only have so many inches below your collarbone showing so like two maybe I think it was two I'm not sure 
but I felt like I was called out on it so many times that I, I ended up cutting off a, a two inch section of ruler and putting it on a keychain and like taking it to school with me because I, I felt like my neckline was the first thing that was noticed about me by like the staff and like looking back that is kind of upsetting to me because I feel like being called out like in front of other people you know for your your shirt I feel that caused more attention to it yes because I don't I don't know if anyone else would have ever noticed but it's like by constantly harping on it and I'm not saying like you shouldn't have dress codes like I'm I'm not saying that at all but I feel like the, there were certain girls' necklines who were more, I don't know. I see exactly out. what you're saying. Because, like, I was only called out, like, a couple of times throughout my entire high school experience. And I remember you and a few other friends being called out, like, very regularly. And me thinking, like, looking at what I'm wearing, like, oh, wow, that's not really very much different than what she's wearing. Yeah. You know, and it's not like you were wearing, like, some, like, line, <laughs> you know? I mean, and I remember, I know. too, like, one time I had on a V-neck and I was measured and it was within dress code. It was okay. And the headmaster said to me, well, you're technically within dress code, but you don't need to ever wear V-necks because they draw attention to the wrong places. Oh and gosh. I remember feeling like, okay. okay, I'll never wear V-necks again. And as an adult, though, I'm like, holy crap, that was incredibly creepy. And like the fact that he yeah. was consistently calling you out, like that's the only time I remember him talking to me about my neckline ever. So like the fact that it happened to you repeatedly, like I feel like you were definitely picked on and I don't know why but you definitely were and that sucks and it's wrong it was this loud mouth and I say that kind of jokingly but also um I was not very good at keepers at home I was not very (laughs) if keepers at home had like a okay but like they don't want crafty if it doesn't involve being crafty for your husband they want you know <laughs> like within reason okay they don't want that and so I was not very good at that I was not very I wasn't quiet I wasn't a very submissive child like I wasn't overly rebellious but like I wasn't like yes that is a yes the males are speaking like I remember in student council I was like hey we should go to a haunted corn maze and and they were like, well, we need to defer to the president for that. And I'm like, is it because I'm a girl? Like, is, is that why? And it might not have been. But at the time, I'm like, okay. Um, but It's probably because they were against the haunted part. That's In, in hindsight, yes. That's uh, to be his mouthpiece and say that. And he knew that the president, I don't even remember who the president was. So I'm sorry if you're listening to this. But the president I, was probably going to be on his side. So he's probably like, let's defer that to the president. Yes. No. Um, so that makes sense. But no, I was, because like I noticed, because I remember going home and telling my mom one day after I had gotten dress coded again. I was like, while I was getting dress coded, I looked like across like the gym, you know, they had the gym there and there was a girl whose neckline I was like 99.9% positive was like lower than mine, but she was quiet and she was very like 
you know, meek and like she towed the line or whatever. She didn't cause problems. Is this me? Are we talking no, about me right now? No. We no, totally no. could be. No, go ahead. No, it was not you. It was, um, I'm not going to say names. Okay. okay. But I remember thinking, like, she doesn't ever get called out. And, like, her, her pants are definitely tighter than mine. They weren't, like, tight. But I remember thinking her clothes fit better than mine. And, like, she gets to wear that stuff. Like, is it because I am loud? Is it because I said I wanted a tattoo when I got out of school? Like, is it said, you know, I wasn't ever really sure. And I'm wondering now if it was because, um, I was trying to be too much of a strong, independent woman who didn't need no man, but Amen. that's my, that's my, uh, my running theory. But I mean, I think you're right because it wasn't everybody that was getting called out, you know, definitely not. Yeah. Um, it was like a select few and, and sadly you were, you were part of the select few. So special. Ah, special in a sad way. <laughs> Bad way. Okay. <laughs> so those were kind of like a couple of school experiences. Um, one thing that's different about our backgrounds is that while I went to a church that was separate from the school, you okay, were yeah. associated with the church that founded our school. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. We started, that's how we heard about the school, I believe, is we switched churches and then my mom had wanted to homeschool us and then they're like we have a homeschool group and they're like how convenient so um <laughs> yes <laughs> how convenient it works out join our cult I, I know dude so and i will say when we first started going to the church it was great like honestly it was a good experience um it wasn't until like the leadership in the school changed hands yes I believe that then the lines started getting kind of blurred and then like it's like they don't have a dress code at church because you can't enforce a dress code at, at church like you can school but it's it was um kind of it oh there was a lot of overlap when I I think uh stuff changed hands stuff I feel like well, the word. with that church there were a lot of unspoken rules like yeah um there was like there was there you know there you can't have a dress code for church but you can give people looks and there can be like that pressure to conform so i feel like with that it was just sort of like an unspoken dress code yeah that i i'll definitely yeah i agree with that statement um i did i remember the first time i went to the keepers at home which was i don't know if it was through the church or the school i feel like it was through the church um not sure but I remember the first time I went, it was on a Wednesday, so I didn't get the memo that everyone was supposed to wear skirts. And I showed up in pants, you know, not my tight pants because I didn't have those. But I walked in and I took two steps into the auditorium there. And someone was like, did you just like come from a job or something? I was like, what? And they're like, oh your pants and I'm like no they're like oh okay <laughs> and I looked around and no one else had pants no one else was wearing pants like every other person there was wearing skirts and I'm like, skirt or dress <sighs> oh my gosh that's like a nightmare social situation oh. did you stay for the whole meeting 
No, we left early. Good for you. My, because then my mom came in and she had pants on too. And we oh, were no. both, we were noticing and we were like, all right, this was, this was fun. But, uh, yeah. So like I said, my parents weren't insane about it, but it was like random little, um, like, I think one of the stories I told you is it was in church. They had a sermon one time on modesty and the pastor was talking about how the main one was how you should never have writing across your chest. Like as a woman, like if you're wearing a shirt that has writing on it, it's basically like you're asking for men to look at your chest. Wow. Like, that's like why it was like, why else would there be writing on your shirt unless you wanted people to know you had the boobies? Like, I don't, can I say boobies on this <laughs> podcast? I'm sorry. Um, but like it's terrible it was and i was sitting there and i'm looking down at my shirt and i had some sort of like writing on it and i'm sitting there like oh oh no i have i've made a mistake but they it was that and then they also said you shouldn't wear crossbody purses because i guess the strap goes across your chest and makes your boobs makes your boobs more noticeable and they said that was like like you shouldn't do that and then how it dare you have boobs and decide to wear a purse? How dare you even do that? I know that is not not the vibe. Um, <laughs> and then they were like, even seatbelts can be used the wrong way. And I was <laughs> like, what? First of all, I feel like this is a trick question because I was told we were not supposed to be in the car with boys. So I don't know what that's about. But Amen. but apparently the seatbelt would also accentuate the boobies and i was sitting there like what do you want us to do do you want us to not wear seat belts is is that is that is that where we are now like forget car safety uh, as long as we're modest and not making someone else stumble then you're good like You'll die, but you'll do it modestly because... Right. Because that's the right thing to do. This is the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> not wear your seatbelt because... It's a hard life, but... A man is pervy when he's, like, parked next to you at the stoplight. I mean... <laughs> you have to hold it out from your body. And, you know, that's the thing. I never remember one single time, like, the male side of it was addressed. Like, I, oh, I honestly addressed. don't. Like, it no. wasn't ever, if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. There, that was not a thing. It was always, women need to dress modestly. And I always felt, because I'm not, like, a theologian, but I always felt like there was more, like, biblical evidence or biblical, like, instruction for men to have their lust under control as opposed yes. to women dressing modestly. And, like, the older I got, the more, like, I started, like, looking into it. And I'm like... I don't even think half the verses they were using to push modesty were in context. Like, I feel like, like, because I know one of the main ones they use is, um, like, do not, like, I'm going to butcher this, like, adorn yourself with pearls and other things, but keep a modest dress. And it doesn't yes. mean, like, modesty in that cover up your entire body. It was more of a, like, it, and again, I could be totally wrong here, but I believe it was more in that like not to draw undue attention to yourself like flashiness and like super luxurious expensive like gaudy sort of situation 
Um, yeah. Like I, said, I, I could be butchering talking, that, but I believe. No, that's... you're not. You're not. I was talking to Alex about this in the last podcast and I was saying, you know, like I am still a Christian. Um, I attend church regularly. I have a relationship with Jesus. I do consider myself a Christian, but my, I guess, version i don't know if version is the right word to use it's definitely not but i can't think of another word <laughs> the way i practice okay that sounds better the way i practice christianity <laughs> now has it's like nothing to do with what i was doing in high school because i started realizing that a lot of what we were doing was just following this set of rules that weren't even scriptural and the crazy thing is like the people giving us these rules were saying like we hold scripture in the highest authority, but like, if you really did hold scripture in the highest authority, why are you misusing it? Why are you like taking everything out of context, you know? Yeah. Or picking. I feel like there is, the older I get, I feel like there is so much cherry picking that goes on. Um, They're like, this verse will suit me. And I remember they preached against that at that church. And I, yes. and then I got older and I was like, that's what you're, like, that's what you're doing. And obviously, like, no one is perfect. And I know being a pastor is probably a huge, like, like, that's a lot of responsibility. Like, I, I would not do well at that. One, because I'm a woman and women are pastors, according to them. But, but that's also, a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother episode. But, like, like I understand that, you, you know, you're under a greater burden of responsibility for that. And I, like I said, but, like, as I get older and, um... I remember I struggled a lot after I got married because there was the issues from school and church got very out of hand and there was a lot of issues and it caused a lot of problems in my like personal life and my family and with other families and we ended up leaving the church and it was a whole big thing. It was so much drama and very, very hard. And, and so I was out of church for several years after that because I was so upset and my feelings were so hurt that like you know of, of stuff that had gone on and I remember the first time my husband and I went to a church after we got married like I walked in and like everyone was wearing pants and like the preacher had a tattoo and like I sat there and I was like this is insane and 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 the thing was though it was what I felt like a very biblically sound church. It wasn't some out there, crazy, the message Bible situation. Like I, it was. Right. It was very a very biblically sound. But they just didn't care what you wore. Like, and I and I realized at some point I didn't even notice what people were wearing because that didn't matter. Like no one, like no one cared what you were wearing. There's people in a biker gang in our church. Yes, and they would that's they awesome. would they would show up in full leathers and it got to the point I didn't even I didn't even see it and right. and I remember thinking like I feel like they it's almost shooting yourself in the foot when you call when you preach entire sermon series about modesty not that it's not important but I felt like those called more attention to women's bodies than just leaving it alone like I'm not saying just pretend it's not there but I feel like they emphasized it so much that it was like in the forefront of your brain. You know, like if someone's like, hey, don't think about elephants. The only thing you can think about is elephants. And I was like, how is that different than saying you shouldn't have writing on your shirt because it calls attention to it? I'm like, that's what you're doing right now. 
like that's exactly what's happening and I remember that day my parents went home and got rid of every single shirt in my drawers that had any sort of writing uh or designs on them and I remember that being so traumatizing because I was left with like three shirts um weirdly enough I got to keep the school shirt that had writing but apparently that was okay I don't our okay our school shirt writing was like it was almost like there's gonna be a pocket with writing on it but it was the whole front yeah Yeah. and i i remember just being super traumatized because like my parents had bought me those shirts like and they weren't low they were t like most of them were t-shirts and and i'm like so we went to church and they said that now I can't wear shirts. Now I can't wear these, and we're just gonna like get rid of them. And that was and that was hard because, according to the book with the naked statue lady, modesty is a mindset. <laughs> yes, yes. But it was it was hard, and and now I have I have daughters now, and so it's it's been an interesting road because I I don't want them to be this is going to sound real woke but I don't want them to be defined by what they're wearing because I don't feel you know like that's important and and the verse that says you know man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart is so the more I think about that and in this context I'm like you're being that verse you are being that verse that man yeah yeah you're being that and I'm like does that not give you pause at all like does it not like you are basically saying we are so focused on what you are wearing that we can't even get to anything that actually matters and like that's kind of heartbreaking for me because like I said I already like again this is more like purity culture like I already felt like you know women's sole gift or sole purpose was their bodies like their bodies are the the number one thing they their number one asset in a non-creepy way and no I think that makes sense and too like just adding to that part of your body is your uterus and you were made to reproduce and so like I think the whole thing was like we have to prep this person for their husband so that they can have the ultimate perfect marriage and make them ultimate you know Christian babies and you know, like the whole quiverful movement was like oh. these people are raising up an army of children for the Lord. So yeah. I mean, it all kind of stems from that. And I mean, I know your family was not quiverful. My family was not no, quiverful they were not either. Um, but I think they still sort of had that mindset, probably from being around all these people who yeah. were like that. Yeah. yeah, and I think. Um, I think it's definitely easy to, like, when you're surrounded, like I said, we went to church there, so we were there on Sunday morning, Sunday nights, we went to school there, so school was, could have been three other days a week, so when we're up there over half the week with, you know, people who might be more extreme and were more extreme in their beliefs, it's kind of hard to, I don't know feel like you're doing the right thing sometimes when other people are doing it more extremely than you and they think they're right so when you're looking at you and you're like well am I are we doing something wrong are we not modest enough are we not making our kids 
dress, you know, a certain way enough. Um, and that's hard. And like I said, I, I 100% believe my parents had the best intentions. Like I definitely, I definitely knew kids whose parents were insane. Right. <laughs> like who, like, it was like Victorian era. If we see your ankle, that is the end of the world kind of thing. And like, my parents were definitely not that. Um, but I think it was hard because we were surrounded by people who were much more strict than we were. And it, it kind of just, I don't know, rubbed off. Like we became more strict by osmosis. I'm not really sure, like um, by exposure, I should say. Um, but it's hard. And like I said, I have girls now, so I've, I've been struggling because I don't want them. Because I feel like a lot of girls' clothes now are so like geared towards making them look older than they are. Yes. Which, they which look is hard. Teenage for like yes. kids who are six. Like I saw something in Target the other day and I was like, oh, is this like the juniors department? No. <laughs> no, this it's the toddler section. Four, you know, not is 4T a size. I don't remember what the size it was. Is. I don't have kids. I don't know. I feel like it was 4T, <laughs> but then I was like, maybe that's not a size. I don't know. No, okay. No, but they, it is. And and like, I don't want, I didn't want my five-year-old, you know, looking like she was trying to be 15, 16, 17 years old. And, and so that's hard because it's like the options are either dress your child way older than they should be looking or we're back to our homeschool roots. And I feel and like, I don't want this. Like, I don't want them to feel, you know, like I did, like you know, their body is something that should be hidden under all costs, like, you know, at all costs, because that's not true. I don't, I, and I could be wrong. I don't know. I've done a lot of soul searching in the past several years, but I don't, I definitely believe that the modesty, the modesty movement, the purity culture, like, I feel like it caused more harm than good. I, I guess I'm still waiting to find someone who's a purity culture modesty culture success story and i'm sure they're out there but like i know, I know about okay out of everyone <laughs> that i know and i know i mean i don't want to say i know a lot of people but i i do kind of know a lot of people i know one person who is still like wearing the long skirts she has six children she homeschools she does like homesteading stuff and I mean, that, you know, she, she would be, I guess, the success story, but yeah. I mean, that's one person out of so many people. And I mean, honestly, I think she's that way because of personality to an extent, like yeah. she enjoys, like she makes a lot of her clothes and she enjoys that. And she likes feeling super feminine and to her, the long skirts feel super feminine and she wanted to have a family young. She yeah. wanted to do like all this wipe stuff. So I'm like how much of that success is just that she's inclined to enjoying those things, you know? And like, there's definitely, like, I do want to say there's nothing wrong. Like if you want to wear, if you want to cover up your entire body, like that is 100% your prerogative. Oh, yeah. I'm coming. I'm definitely, I think we're coming at it more like people forcing their children to dress a certain way. I feel like at the end of the day, it was because it reflected back on the parents. Like I, and I could be wrong don't quote me um but I feel like there was so much tied up into 
making your daughters like these super marriageable like perfect people perfect yeah these perfect wives who make good wives who make good mothers like I kind of felt like that was the goal of so many parents like it almost felt like when I read these stories of like the tutors back in like old English time they're like you must not disgrace your honor or you will be sullied like it yeah. felt like it felt like that sometimes it like did I said feel like, like that yeah like if like it's like god forgives everything but not if you like heaven help you get pregnant before you get married like that's just like that's too right. much like that's too far like he'll forgive you but you'll still be gross like it was that that mentality and it's like if you dress more modestly it's almost like you're more pleasing to god and like i just i feel like that's a very slippery slope oh yeah um to go down because you know i also and i again i could be wrong like i said i'm not a theologian but like i also feel like different people are called to do different things agreed yeah like within reason obviously like i don't believe some people are called to like sacrifice children like don't (laughs) don't get it twisted but like as far as not kill your kids yeah like like but as far as like dressing um dressing differently like i don't feel like there's a blanket hard line there Mm -hmm. yeah like i don't you know like i said like my parents go ahead no, like I said, my parents were definitely were not the strictest. Um, and then, you know, it's like a spectrum, I guess. But I remember the dress I wore to the junior se- junior senior banquet. Junior yes. senior formal. I forget what it was okay, called. We had, so we had two events. We yeah. had formal... And then we had junior, senior banquet. And I don't remember if these happened in the same years or like one replaced the other. But I know I went to some kind of dinner freshman year um, because I remember the guy I was sitting next to. It was someone's dad. And (laughs) I don't know because like I was these things. And his dad (laughs) kept like he had like a pepper and salt grinder and he kept putting all this pepper on his food. And I was like, Well, you must like pepper. And he goes, Pepper's made out of tree bark. And he just kept like grinding. What? So that's my memory. And I'm gonna have to like text you who that is too, because like when you see that, you're gonna be like, Yup. Like he just had a quirky personality. But um <laughs> yeah, it was like peppers made out of jury bark. So like that's my memory of our first like formal, I guess. But I I don't remember which one replaced the other. But anyway, back to what you were saying about your dress. Oh, I I remember like I when I bought it, I remember thinking like this is a super this is a super modest like dress. And I remember everyone like everyone wore those um what were they called? Shrugs? Shrugs. Shrugs. That's the Something term. like shrug was the, shrug was all the rage. Like, so you would go get yes. a dress and then everyone would have their grandma or their aunt or someone sew like a big piece of not quite matching fabric <laughs> yes. to cover the, like the chest part and then you wear a shrug. And so like, by the time you got done Frankensteining these outfits together, I was kind of like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? Like, we could just wear our normal clothes. Like, this looks crazy. 
Because, like, you could tell. It was very obvious that... It was so bad. Was and, like, so looking bad at the pictures, I was showing my husband some of the pictures from Formal, and he was oh. like, what is this? And he was, I was trying to explain Formal, and he was like, is it a dance? And I was like, no, we oh, can't no. dance. No, no dance. And he was like, oh, so you, like, come with a boy? And I'm like, no, you no. come with your parents. <laughs> and your parents say... The whole time. The whole time at your and freaking so table. Proud of you. Yeah. So basically, yeah. just it was a dinner. Like essentially, it was, a dinner, it was yeah. a, a dinner. But yeah, like I remember, like I thought my dress, you know, was very modest. Like it was like one of those thin spaghetti strap ones, but I wore like a shrug. And so literally, you could probably see, I don't know, a three inch by six inch square of like my chest, and like your girl does not have cleavage never have never will there's no possibility of it ever happening so it was just kind of like a flat expanse of skin but like I was like really proud of it. I was like I found this dress it doesn't need altering like go me and then I remember like no one said anything to me at formal but like the next year I remember when I was talking about picking out a dress someone on the staff was like yeah, it can't be that same one you wore last year. And I'm like, well, what? what? What was wrong with the one I wore last year? And they're like, well, that was, that wasn't up to dress code. And then I had another one of my friends say my dress was used as, as an example of like something that was too low cut. And I was like, well, okay. And I'm like, this is news to me because I thought it was okay, but apparently it wasn't. So I ended up making my dress the next year which was I look back on it now and it probably wouldn't fly because I did like rainbows like rainbow fabric oh this is like before we knew rainbow meant gay yes okay so yes. like like I said my husband even said he's like you know you wouldn't be allowed to wear that now and I'm like oh definitely not but I was obsessed with rainbows and bright colors so I made like it was like a black cocktail dress. I remember I had to alter the. I remember the, this dress. Yeah, I had. To I alter had forgotten this. It was epic. You should oh, be so proud you. of it. <laughs> yes. like, I was proud of it. Like it was black and it was satin and knee length. And I remember I had to like extend the pattern like longer, and then I like extended the pattern all the way up to my collarbones. It was like touching my collarbones. Like, and you thought you weren't good at keepers of the home, girl. I this know is 100% it, keepers right? of the home. This is the sewing badge. Oh, yes. Dude, no. And like I was really proud of it, but I remember everyone had to put on their formal dress with the shoes they were going to wear and like show themselves to um who was it? The wife of one of the staff there, I think. Okay, so I think it started out with we were supposed to show ourselves to the headmaster, and people complained, so they brought wow. in, like, his wife or another Oh, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I showed my dress to him, and then other people were like, oh, I didn't have to do that. And I was like, well, it's good to be you, you know? Like, <laughs> What's it like being the universe's favorite, huh? Right? <laughs> But, like, I literally, I mean, he did not really pay attention to me, which worked out very well for me, because I walked (laughs) in and, like, turned around, he went, okay, fine, and I was like, okay, bye! (laughs) So, I'm so uncomfortable. Can I just say real quick, like, going back to what you said earlier, I want to say this before I forget it, so hold your thought, because I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I will forget. Um, (laughs) I am incredibly creeped out as someone who is a teacher 
that a staff member even remembered the dress you were wearing from a year ago because I'm going to tell you, I cannot tell you what my students have worn. Like, unless it was something way, way out there. And I've had a couple yeah. people show up, like, in way, way out there stuff or, like, stuff that's, like, you know, an adult size and they're a child and you're like, mm, child abuse, you know. <laughs> but, like, that's the kind of stuff I remember. I cannot picture even having the mental capacity to make a note of like, oh, this person's dress was not up to dress code. A year later, like remembering it, like that really creeps me out because I'm like, where was that person's mind that they thought of that a year later? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe if it's, because I feel like Facebook was a thing. So I don't know if maybe Facebook pictures, like I'm desperately hoping that like, they weren't just like filing it away in their brain for because like I said nobody said anything to me that day like this was this came out like later that apparently I had scandalized people so I don't know I don't know honestly I sometimes wonder if there was like a file for me in like a filing cabinet somewhere and this is all conjecture of course but I like to think about it there probably was because I know every family had a file I don't know what was in the family file (laughs) paper clips and stapled stuff and a whole post-it notepad man that thing was probably torn up my gosh okay go back to saying what you were gonna say when I interrupted you sorry oh no um I just remember feeling kind of uncomfortable like again it was kind of like when I had to show my dad my clothes after I got done shopping but like it's kind of like am I good enough like is this how I'm dressed is this non-sexual enough for me to be around the boys like I I don't know I feel like that's just kind of I don't know it just made me feel like I remember back then even then I was uh I guess I was a senior in high school that year. Like, I just remember being like, okay, so what's the standard in your mind? Because I had friends who were, like, much more, like, ample-chested. Yes, well-endowed than I was. And I know, like, we could wear the same shirt, and it would look a lot more, you know, it wouldn't, but, like, in their minds, it would look a lot more suggestive on her than it would, like, me, because, again we got very not a lot happening up top for me and like I I remember feeling bad because they would have to take like extra steps to like cover up and it wasn't even their fault I'm like you just have a chest how dare like, you have boobs? like I know how you dare do that? You I hope you don't how, put a seatbelt on today I know right like how dare you exist in a world with the body God gave you that was another thing I was like, these are the bodies that they were given by God. And you are basically punishing them for it. Like, I'm not saying that means you get to be an exhibitionist. But, like, I did. Like, that was another thing. Like, God makes everything the way they should be. But we don't want to see it. Like, we don't. mm, Right. mm. And, like, I did grow up, I think, with kind of a complex. Because they would always say, like, if you're, I mean, when you tell a girl if your neckline is one inch too far away from her collarbone, that that's all the men are thinking about, it starts making you look sideways at the males you're around. Yes. 
And I did. I got to a point where I'm like, all that these men are thinking about are girls' bodies. And, like, I'm sure that wasn't the case, obviously, but it it got to the point where, like, I felt like that's what it was. Like, I felt like all the men at church and all the boys I went to school with, that's all they were thinking about. And they were just one scrap of fabric away from, like, having lustful thoughts or whatever. And, like, that's a lot to try and, you know, handle, especially when you're in high school. Oh, for like, sure. For sure. I mean, it's it's inaccurate, and it's not really anything that you should be – I mean, it's not appropriate for adults to even be telling us those things, you know? But they were, like, constantly. Yep. And like I said, so, I feel like it drew more attention than – was previously yes. there because I've asked my lot. husband before yeah like I asked my husband I was like so when you were in high school like is this something you like thought about a lot he's like well I mean I was a guy and so like yeah I noticed the girls were pretty but he's like I don't think I could tell you if I ever saw a girl with writing on her shirt and said oh that makes me think she has boobs he's like right? <laughs> they just never like occurs to me he's like yes you know in your head that people are obviously naked under their clothing, but like, as far as like the day to day, and you know, I don't think I've ever, and they could all be lying, but like I had brothers and I've asked them like the same question and they're like, no, we didn't really even think about it like that. Unless, you know, somebody was telling us not to think about it like that. And then we were, but. Which they were all the time. Young <laughs> man. I know, and that was like the number one thing. Do you remember and that it did. Book, Young Man Be Strong? You probably I didn't don't... have to read it because you're not a young man, but um, my brother <laughs> and I looked at it a little bit and it was like the kind of thing, like if you see a girl who's dressed immodestly, like look away, that kind of thing. Was it the one where you're supposed to look at your shoes? I think that might've been it. I remember that it said to look away. I mean, I didn't like read it thoroughly. I just saw it laying out. And I mean, we were homeschooled. We didn't watch a lot of TV. Like <laughs> I read stuff. Okay. Stuff that was available, I read. I think that's why I have a problem with reading every single thing in the young adult section now. Because Because I never read it. We weren't we weren't allowed to read like Harry Potter, I remember. Harry Potter big big no no for a second. (laughs) I freaking love Harry Potter and So do I. Ah okay, movie marathon. But I had (laughs) never read Harry Potter until college. And I got to college and I saw, I, I like someone tried to get me to watch the Deathly Hallows movies and I was not into it because you don't start there. You do not start there. You start with the books with the first book and then you go through the movies. And when I did it that way, I was obsessed. And to this day, like I have, we have YouTube TV and I will like record every time a Harry Potter comes on on my DVR because when I'm sick or having a bad day, like that's what I want to watch. Like I love it. And I love like this whole fantasy world because other than Lord of the Rings, which for some reason was allowed, was allowed super graphic. I know there was literally dead people sucking out souls. The ring race yeah. literally like suck out your life, just like the Dementors do. Right. And I'm like, bro, how is this different? It just is. Don't question it. I I'm actually like- asked my mom that, and you know what she said? She said, but the author of Lord of the Rings was, was a, a Christian. Christian. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. That was- and when like the previews would come on for the movies, my mom would like close my eyes. Yes. And she would be like, close up your ears. You don't know what you're going to hear. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to hear? <laughs> No, we were the same. That was another, like, I feel like Harry Potter was, like, the straw man. That was another thing. Like, when you, okay, so when you read the Harry Potter books for the first time, did you feel like you were doing something wrong? Because I yes, felt like I was I did it at night. Wrong. Even though I lived I alone, like... I did it at night in my bedroom with my cat with, like, one lamp on. <laughs> I, I mean, was married, so I was like, "God, I hope my mom doesn't like check my library <laughs> card record." You know, I was married when I read them, so I didn't even live with my parents. And I remember I went to the library and checked out the whole series in like one go. How and, like, did I you br- watch them all at one time? I had to wait. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I just went in there one day and I was looking for something else, and I'm like, "Oh, they have the Harry Potter books. They have like multiple copies, I think, of like." And so I took them all home and I remember I was like reading them and I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong. Like I did. I felt, and the thing was, I didn't read Harry Potter like at all growing up, but like I was reading other books that I probably shouldn't have been reading. Right. And that was okay for me because I'm like, oh, this isn't Harry Potter. I read Sisterhood <laughs> of the Traveling Pants, which is like <gasps> so much worse than Harry Potter. Oh my goodness. And I read those too. <laughs> Like she, I think she knew I was reading it, but didn't really know the content. Yeah, and I blind. remember I had to get the last like two in the series on audiobook, and I had a boom box and do the volume <laughs> all the way down, and my ear was like up to the speaker because I was like, I cannot have any sort of picture word fly out of this boom box before my mother like opens the door to my room and goes, Did I just hear the word, you know? Witch, except not witch. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rhyming word. Yes. But witch rhymes with. Witch is bad too. You're right. Witch, anything that rhymes with witch, it's all bad. Unless it was Chronicles of Narnia, because for some reason, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was an okay book to read. Because the witch is kind of like satanic, so, and the witch gets defeated, so I guess that's okay. Well, I mean, Voldemort gets defeated, so like, eh. no, that was a whole, that's a whole nother, uh. I could like, we need to have an episode where we talk about all the pop culture that we missed as kids that we're like reabsorbing as adults and finally (laughs) enjoying for the first time. 100% like that would be such a fun episode to be like oh did you watch this movie yes girl I did you know (laughs) secretly I watched it off the pirate bay website that my brother showed me how to use I don't know how to use that but just kidding I don't either if you hear this government I don't do that No, we would never do that. <laughs> this will be edited out. It might not because it's funny. Um, okay, back to what we're talking about with the modesty. Um, I do want to talk about kind of going along with what you were saying earlier with the writing. I don't recall the rule about writing, mm-hmm. but when I look at, you know, I'm thinking through my high school wardrobe, I can't think of anything that had writing except the school shirt. So I'm sure I went by that <laughs> like blocked it out of my memory the one I remember this happened like sophomore or junior year it wasn't like Mm -hmm. a first year rule was that we were not to have a band name 
or anything related to a band oh, on our shirt. Yeah. Even, even if it's a Christian band, because this is just too debatable as to whether or not it's okay. So, like, you couldn't have, like, a Nirvana shirt, but equally oh, as no. sinful is Mercy Me, you know? Like, equally as sinful. Anyway, but I didn't even have any band shirts. I wasn't cool enough to have any band shirts. Are you kidding me? I was very, like stereotypical quiet like nerdy homeschooler um but I did I was into music and my parents do you remember the store Delia's yes oh my goodness love Delia's did you get the magazines yes Yes. (laughs) I was obsessed with Delia's and we didn't have one in our town and I had gone like on a business trip with my dad to a big city I don't remember where it was but um, he bought me this like hoodie jacket and it had little music notes all over it. And I got oh. it for Christmas. And I remember the next year when the rules changed, I was called into a certain person's Are you office. Serious? And I was told that I should not be wearing so much as a musical note because it went against the band like rule. What? It's too controversial to wear musical notes. Yeah. And I remember being really upset and really confused about it. And my mom thought it was hilarious oh. because it was so bogus. And she was like, oh, honey, I wouldn't worry about that. If you want to wear it, just wear it. He can call me. It's fine. You know? Thanks, mom. Wear it. Like, if I wore it again or not, I just remember being like, I understand you don't want bands, but this is literally like it had musical notes. Like, it didn't have any writing. And it was a jacket. So it's not like I wore it all yeah. day, you know? Because they had choir. Like, they had choir at the school. I know. I was about to say they had choir (laughs) at the school. You can be in choir, but you can't wear any musical notes because that is from Satan. Because it might be a band. Singing them is okay, but, like. (laughs) But if it's from a band, even if it's it's a Christian band, it's not okay. Well, see, I remember, like, the rule that if you had headphones in, and it might not have been a rule. It was just something that happened, like the staff was allowed to like take your headphone and listen to whatever you were listening to to make oh, wow. sure it was okay. Cause this happened to one of my siblings a lot. Like he would just be listening oh. to like instrumentals. Like there would not even be any words. And so like they would take it and be, and you could tell they kind of wanted to like get him in trouble, but there weren't any words to it. Oh my God. And so they were like, is this the best thing to listen to? And I was like, you just out here making up random stuff. Like, there's not even yes. any bearing. Like, and like I said, I'm all like, I'm not one of these anarchist kind of people who thinks you should just do whatever you want. Like, screw the consequences. Like, I, you know, well, rules he's not are there like for listening reason. to corn. You know, he's listening to instrumental <laughs> music. I know. But like, I thought I I feel like so much. Like, it's when the rules become like an offspring of like your personal belief or your personal preference that you were then like pushing onto other people that's when it became so dicey like because mm-hmm. i feel like okay that's that's how you want your family to dress and like that's fine i you know right. i guess that's that's your family but like the rest of us are not your family and i don't think it's right at all to assume that every single other person that you go to church with or is in the school is under the same 
like conviction conviction that you are and like i like if it's biblical okay but i felt like a lot of it was like not necessarily because like like i said the two inch rule what arbitrary number did we <laughs> where did we get that like i, I don't know, know. And i mean have... like i i don't know what purpose that served either other than giving a certain person you know a reason to examine high school girls necklines which is also very creepy like it did it made me uncomfortable like yeah and you know i like i said i more than anything i was like why is that the first thing you noticed like i remember one day i went up there to drop off like a check or something in the office and i was working at chick-fil-a at the time because that's where homeschoolers work yeah or babysitting babysitting or chick-fil-a that's what we did right or hobby lobby oh or hobby lobby yeah that one was okay too um, I remember I had my Chick-fil-A polo, it was like a polo shirt, so it had like, you know, the little, the v-neck with like the placket or whatever, Right. but it was a Chick-fil-A polo, it was a polo, everyone, a polo, and I went in the front door and into the office to drop off the check, this is like while school was in session, and like walked back out into the parking lot, and in the time I walked into the office, gave the secretary the check, and walked out into the parking lot, the staff, there was a member of staff who followed me into the parking lot to tell me that I was breaking dress code. From your with, Chick-fil-A uniform? With my Chick-fil-A polo no! shirt. Because, because apparently, like, the V on the Chick-fil-A shirt Is this was, the person that also spoke to me about V-necks? Uh, judging by your face so. uh, Yes, and I was just like, what the heck is wrong with the V-neck? I know, and I was like, I'm not even in class today. I'm, I'm no, not and class. also, like, for people who, like, don't live near a Chick-fil-A, can I just say, like, there's absolutely nothing immodest or inappropriate or suggestive about a Chick-fil-A uniform. Like, there's right? nothing. That's, like, their whole MO. Like, for a while, right. the Chick-fil-A I worked at, I remember something very scandalous I did was I dyed my hair pink or part of my hair pink with Kool-Aid. I told my parents it was with temporary. Kool-Aid. I love everything about this. But it wasn't temporary, so it just stayed. And I remember the Chick-fil-A was, like, they were very kind of, like, strict. And so I had to cut my hair. I had to cut the pink out of my hair because it was so, like, so if that gives you any, like, like, reference on what the uniforms were like, they were not suggestive. And anyway, it's a polo. It was a standard polo shirt. But because the end of the V in the polo was, like, greater than two inches from my collarbone, it was, uh, you know, and, like, I don't know. It just, it made me very uncomfortable in general, which I don't think that should be how you feel at school or church or wherever else. And, and I feel like I kind of grew up and have struggled with that a lot just because anytime I wear anything that's, you know, might not, probably would not fit dress code from when I was in high school, fam. This was like 15 years ago. I'm still like, oh, but I'm like, oh yeah, you're 30. You can wear what you want. But I still, like, I still feel some like, like guilt almost because it's so like deeply ingrained. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think I wrote in the notes that when I got my first job, it was a babysitting job before Chick-fil-A because again, homeschooled, um, I had money, like my own money for the first time. And I went to Target and they had this pair of like, 
flare jeans. And I'm like, those are the coolest jeans I have ever seen. And I want them. And so I got them in like my size, like the size that fit. And I put them on and I'm like, I feel so pretty for the first time in my life, which is ridiculous. But I remember standing in the dressing room and like looking at like the pants that fit and I'd gotten kind of a cute top and I'm like, I feel pretty and I like the way I look right now for the first time and I couldn't tell you how long and I remember like I bought the jeans but like I like I hid them in my house and I was like that kid who would wear the modest jeans out of the house but I would take my immodest jeans and like change change into the bathroom yeah and like try to make sure no one took a picture of me and like it ended up on Facebook and my parents saw me wearing and like I look back there's pictures of me at a party somewhere in those jeans and I'm like what was wrong with those pants like nothing yeah but like I remember at the time I'm like I don't feel weird for having my pants so big that they're just hanging off my body like these fit I feel cute and like I kept them forever like I kept those pants even when they were all torn up and ratty and like ripped because I was like these are my freedom pants like Freedom pants. I These love are my that. freedom I pants. Like, you had freedom pants. I had a freedom bikini. I went like Ooh. very extreme all at once. But but yeah, and I mean, I also, when I first started getting my own like babysitting money, which was actually pretty young for me because I started babysitting really young, I remember that thought of like, wow, I can buy my own clothes. And even as an adult, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't wear this. And then I'm like, why do I have that thought? And I have to like walk myself through this like mental process of like, no, it's okay to wear something off the shoulder, something with a slit, you know? And I do like the way I look now and I'm not ashamed of the way that I look now. And I do feel beautiful now, but it's, it's taken me like years to be able to like accept myself yeah and accept myself I don't want to say as not fully covered because I wouldn't say that anything I wear is like scandalous or like out there but (laughs) but I mean to accept myself in what I guess most people would view as as normal clothes yeah and I definitely I agree with that statement like 110 percent because even now I'll put on a pair of just skinny jeans and I do I have that thought in the back of my head like I would not have been allowed to wear this or I'll buy my I'll buy my girls you know my daughters a pair of skinny jeans and I'm looking at my five six seven year old and I'm like that would not have been allowed Mm -hmm. and then I'm looking at them I'm like why they look so cute like it's adorable like I let them like enjoy clothes and let them express themselves and I mean like you were saying earlier it's not like you're letting them wear things that are not age appropriate yeah but just letting them have that freedom to choose things I think that's huge because I know we I mean I didn't have fashion shows for my parents but my mom essentially chose all of my clothes pretty much until high school or approved them and I mean even in high school my mom was choosing a lot of my clothes. I will say I went shopping with a certain gay friend that <laughs> was what we talked about before we started recording and he helped pick out some clothes and oh. oh my gosh, every time we went shopping, he would like pick out stuff that I would never have picked for myself, but then I'd put it on and I'd be like, 
whoa, this is really cute. Like I remember we yeah. went to on Black Friday and I remember him being like, you need to put on this bright purple sweater and me being like, I don't wear bright purple. <laughs> I don't wear bright pu- purple. Like I don't wear bright colors. Like I'm very, and even still, like I do tend to gravitate towards pastels. Not that there's anything wrong with bright colors, but I just don't gravitate towards them. Anyway, I put it on and I wore that thing all the way through college. And like whenever I wanted to be like confident and look good, like that was the thing I put on was like this bright colored top. Like, hello, here I am, you know? I I love that so much. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I would try to pick out clothes for him, but I did not have the fashion <laughs> talent that he did. I'd be like, uh, try this. And he'd be like, no, that's okay. No. Yeah. I love Anyways, that. Yes. So this has been really fun. I think I think we've hit everything in the notes. Is there anything that you feel like we left out or that oh. you just want to add? Maybe you thought of it like as we were going. I think that was, I think that was most of what I had kind of wanted to touch on. Um, I think, like I said, to in a to make a long, long story very short, it was, it was just such an odd like dichotomy growing up, being told like God made you perfect, but cover up your body, but also when you get married uncover your body yeah like no it's like we didn't even talk about that but like that was another thing I had to work through it was like cover up your body but the second you get married you better be like like a freak in the sheets and like I'm like how do you switch like Anyway, that's a whole nother story, but that's, but yeah, we need was, a sex episode. About, I know like, oh our experiences or lack thereof with sex ed and then getting married because that crap, was like man. a whole thing, and that was very recent for me. Like that was just like a year and a half ago for me. So, dude, that was a trip. My poor husband, my husband who did not grow up with trauma. The whole time. <laughs> Like you've been in the bathroom a long time. Are you okay? And you're like, no, I'm just like deconstructing my whole life before I come out of here. But other than that, I'm perfectly fine. Thank you. And it's not like they tell you or help you. Like, no, they're not. Like, there's no like. There's no prep work to do at anything. All. No, it's just like you'll figure it out. And I'm like, I hate all y'all. Y'all set me up to fail. No, but yeah, so But you my, have babies, so obviously you figured it out. Okay. I mean, bro, it's it's been a rocky road, I will say. <laughs> oh, same. Same. That's my okay. theory on why uh homeschool people like they get married and then like exactly nine point two months after they're married they have a baby. I'm like, this is why. Because nobody knows what's going on. Like nobody no. knows. Nobody is told. And then they're like, La da da, we have a baby. Immediately <laughs> I'm like, or in their, like the first it. few months, like they were trying to figure out how everything worked, and now they're like, "Boom, we got it!" And now I'm pregnant, and now our life is going to be this way for the next 18 years. But yeah. no, I, like I said, there was definitely more, more strict people, and I definitely interacted with them, but I struggled a lot. And like I said, no shade to my parents. Like I, I truly believe they were doing their best. I. It was, I think we were kind of a product of 
the church the environment yeah the, the environment of what we grew up in and I mean it's hard when like you roll up to school with your daughter wearing a scandalous shirt with writing on the front and everyone else is in long skirts and turtlenecks like you know that's hard and I mean I like, think you're right like there was judgment for them to conform probably yeah. worse than for us and I mean yeah. I, I was talking actually to someone who listened to another episode of the podcast, and this person was saying, I'm so frustrated with all of the parents. I don't understand why they're like that. I just want to take them and shake them. And I was like, I am weirdly not frustrated because I think I knew my parents, like I knew their heart for me was yeah. good. And they were really trapped too. Like they were trapped. Yeah having to follow all these rules and not only that but having to enforce them on all their kids which yeah. is not easy either because there's so many rules and that's stressful too like that's super stressful yeah and going back to what you're saying about church weirdly a family that used to be in keepers at home with me visited my church a couple years ago and i saw them and recognized them and i invited them to sit with me and I kind of want to know where you go to church after this because we okay. like, found a lot like where I was going to church. Um, and we recently moved to another part of town, so we're in a different church. But anyways, they came in, and I invited them to sit with me, and I noticed they were not in skirts. And I ended up talking to them, and they had left like a very conservative church. And I was like, oh, okay. And I like I was wondering why, but obviously you don't ask people why. But they said like – we are just discovering that we can live more by grace and not legalism. Yes. And I was like, whoa, I hope more people discover that too. Like, and then the mom ended up like hugging me and Absolutely. saying, I am so proud of who you've become because you used to never talk Aww. and you were always so quiet. And she was like, I can't believe that like you came up to us and you spoke to us and you hugged us and you asked us to sit with you. She was like, you would not have done that. And I was like, that is so true. Like, as I've grown up and kind of been out of that culture, like I have sort of found my voice as a person because I feel like women, I mean, this is another episode, but women don't really <laughs> have a voice in that culture. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that was just kind of piggybacking off of all that. But no, I Danny, love that. It has been so, so fun having you on the show i well, thank hope you that so you can much again next time because now we have like all these follow-up episodes <laughs> where we just want to like talk but it's been really fun um thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your stories and i look forward to having you on more episodes in the future i would love it um i was so excited when you reached out um i'm so grateful thank you so much for having me this was great um i hope i didn't put too much stuff in there that you have to edit out later <laughs> no actually I was thinking as we were going along how much better this was going with the two of us than with like Alex and I because and I think it's mostly me because I'm always interrupting people so if anything it was probably me and remember in a world of so much fear and confusion don't forget modesty is more important than car safety Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please, please, please hit the subscribe button and don't forget to give us a five-star review. 
Also, you need to find us on Instagram at helpmeetpod. We are putting out memes and we only have like eight followers. So please make <laughs> us feel better. We've had way more listens than we've had followers. And I don't know if y'all are not on Instagram or if you're not hearing my plea, but hear my plea. <laughs> we need to follow us on Instagram and you can see when we put out new content. There are fun little extras that we're going to be putting out on Instagram. So please follow us on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.